What God has done for me, He can absolutely do for you, regardless of what stage of life that you're in. It doesn't matter if you're single, married, on your eighth marriage. It doesn't matter. God can stop a cycle and arrest craziness and bring peace and order into the chaotic life that you live right now. It's a promise. Hey friends, you're listening to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations facing life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive into today's show. Today's episode is taken from a live message Victor gave coming from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, about the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind that God equips us with despite the obstacles we may face. Through daunting stories of the past, his marriage, family, and ministry work with troubled and abused youth through All Things Possible Ministries, Victor challenges with the call to prevent hatred from hardening our hearts and how to overcome the evils in this world through the power of Jesus Christ. Be sure to tune in next week for part two of this message. For now, here is Victor Marks on power, love, and a sound mind. God, I thank you for each person that you brought out. Lord, those who are walking strong with you and, and enduring the warfare and furthering your kingdom. And Lord, I pray for those who they may be struggling a little bit with doubts and challenges and fears that have overcome them. I pray that you'd set them free this morning. Lord, I, I pray for those who came here today and they just flat did not want to. But some um, somebody got them here. Lord, bless them. Would you surprise them? Big time. And we give you all the glory. And we do pray, Lord, you can camp your warring angels around this sanctuary. A seamless canopy of your blood. Keep the wicked one far from us as we receive. We ask, Lord, that you would rebuke the enemy and every one of his minions. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We'll be looking at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For those of you, while I was praying, saw that my eyes were open. Why were your eyes open? (laughs) No, we spent a lot of our time, our ministry was based to focus on um, our America's troubled and abused youth. That's why we formed the ministry called All Things Possible. And uh, so we spent a lot of time in uh, juvenile prisons. (laughs) So I don't close my eyes when I pray. (laughs) Just being for reals. You feel me? I don't know, the first juvenile facility I spoke at, somebody goes, you ought to come share your story, because I'm a late bloomer. Although I got saved around 20, I didn't, I didn't really start telling all my testimony till I was in my late 30s. I had a little testimony with a little bow on it. But the Lord did a good work in me, because you know, he does require a return for his investment on us. Do y'all know that? It's like anything. Uh, so I agreed to go and speak at a gym. I was nervous, though. He was like, come and talk. I said, well, who's going to be there? He says, well, kids who've been arrested, they're locked up. I'm like, oh, for what? 
said, you know, drugs, thugging, gangbang, stealing, raping, murdering. I was like, why don't you go talk to him? I came from that lifestyle. I don't want none. He says, come on. So I did, and I was nervous, and he could tell I was nervous. So he said, Victor, why don't you do your martial art thing? Because I have a background in martial arts. And, and uh, so I tried to do this nunchuck deal. You know, two sticks, Bruce Lee made it popular. What the? That. And I had this guy hold something in his hands and then something in his mouth. And my shoulder was messed up, so I probably shouldn't have done it. But I swung, I knocked the first thing out in one hand, second thing out. When I went to swing for his mouth, I missed. Yeah, I hit him. Pretty good. Split him open on his chin. He leaned forward and was bleeding everywhere, right in front of everybody. I was like, I mean, I never hit anybody accidentally with those things. And uh, I remember going, God, really? And that split second as I'm drenched in sweat and thinking, you want me to come evangelize and I'm, I'm taking people down. What, what is this, Lord? You messed up. Isn't that funny how we blame God for everything? Good and bad. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, yeah, I won the lottery. Things go bad. What's wrong with you, Lord? Man, I, but you know, God can redeem even the worst, right? And I hope you go away with it because, because this was, when I walked into that juvenile facility, maximum security, max, there was 75 kids like this. I mean, they're like, you better bring it, white wonder bread. You know, flashing game. And that was just the girls. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, man, the chicas are rough today. (laughs) So I'm like, gosh, uh, uh, but you know, it's crazy. All those kids sitting there like this. After I hit that guy and he's bleeding, I turn around and look at all of them. They're like this. This dude crazy, man. And then I, I felt the surge of power from God on high. I'm swinging him in there. I said, somebody's going to get saved today. I'll tell you right now. Uh, tactically creative evangelism. Hurrah. Uh, God can redeem anything. Most of the time, though, uh, we're just Christians. We're just too fearful to step out. Why did it get quiet? Because it's true, am I right? The enemy uses fear in our life. Look at this scripture. 2 Timothy 1.7. Paul exhorting his little mentee, Timothy. And he says, Timothy, listen. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Can you imagine? It's like right before a play goes on, or right before... In military terms, you're about to engage contact with the enemy or law enforcement. You're about to breach the door. Take him and goes, hey. God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Let's do this thing. Let's do this. Hmm? And uh, the enemy uses fear. Yeah, he uses fear any way he can to stop us. Even, even when we started this ministry... You know, it's the same thing. Uh, actually, we were suffering for the Lord over in Hawaii. You know, we had... 
So I'm not going to reach them natives. So, I, you know, no, we lived in a rainforest. I had ownership in a construction company, two martial arts schools. We had a TV show. We did well by the world standards. I worked about eight hours a week. We, we, we enjoyed life. <laughs> really did. And then the Lord said, hey, come follow me. I was like, but I do, Lord. I love you. I followed you here. <laughs> the islands. And he said, ah, you talk discipleship. Time to live it in a greater way. Okay. And we, we obeyed the Lord. And it, it wasn't pretty. I'll tell you right now. You know those footprints in the sand? Mine was like hill marks in the sand. I feel like the Lord was dragging me to the mainland. But we did leave, we obeyed, we came over, and our first position was with a, a ministry called Focus on the Family. Uh, and uh, I had the privilege to be an assistant to Dr. James Dobson, which was wonderful and also showed me how messed up I was. So, but God did a work in my life, and that's how it all led to us going to that facility. And people say, how do you really know God showed you to start reaching trouble and abuse youth? Well, three months before we go into the facility, I'm there. Uh, with my wife, we go out on a date, a date night. How many wives like dates? Yeah, see that man? They still like being dated. Okay, not a roommate, but dated. We, we need to woo our women all the time. Flowers. Mm, I'm looking at my eyes saying, mm-hmm. Am I right, ladies? Am I right? Come on. Sometimes you women just have to help the guys out. We, you know, we get so focused on providing, protecting, and we forget the romance. You know, so look, grab your little peanut jar, try to open up like, honey, can you watch what your man does? Stand back, babe. See, that's how we are. Men need something to battle for, fight for. Hey, ladies, your husbands will slay dragons for you. Make sure you encourage them to. And then let them know you affirm them for doing it. Because every day he goes out, he's slaying dragons spiritually and even sometimes physically in this world. Does that make sense? Because there's wickedness out there. Affirm you, man. There should be nobody closer than your spouse to you. There should be no other best friends. It should be your spouse. And, and, and ladies, you need a war for your man and be ready at all times. Can he come and trust you? Does his heart safely rest in you? You know, one time I spoke in an event that I didn't realize till later, but it was a it was people that had sexual addictions and whatnot, but I didn't, I didn't know till I got there. And, and after I spoke, I was like, whoa, that was pretty heavy. And, uh, and then I remember going home, and then I started getting crazy, wicked, vile, demonic thoughts. Lustful, I mean, and I battled with it. And I was like, oh, Lord, help me. And it just wouldn't break. After about three days of this, three days of this, I said, dear God, I can't take this anymore. I mean, I can just see my life being blown apart, marriage, ministry. I mean, did, make it stop. He goes, you, do you really want to be free? Yes. Tell your wife. It, Lord, is there a plan B? Is there? I, my wife's a second-degree black belt. 
you want me to tell her I'm struggling with lonesome wounds? He said, not only tell her, have her pray for you, anoint you with oil. Do it. And I was like, all right. I was that desperate. And I went and found my wife and said, honey, I need you to pray for Mark. You know, she's doing something, you know, life giver, house. I said, no, honey, I need you to pray for me right now. God said, pray for me and anoint me with oil. She's like, oh, well, sit down. What's going on? I said, I've been struggling three days of evil, vile, lustful, wicked thoughts. He goes, oh. Anoint you. I'll be right back. She went downstairs. I thought she was going to get the little Israeli oil anoint. Mom, my mama Mia brings back a full-on, I don't know, it was Crisco oil or something, olive oil. And she does this. It's dripping over my head. I'm scared. And then she prays, in the name of Jesus, I command every demonic force that's been assigned to my husband to break loose. You cannot have this man, his mind, he's a child of God, he's a warrior. And she just, boom, 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 boom. I was like, I was scared. I knew the demons had to be scared. <laughs> and after she prayed, it was peace, peace. It left, never came back. The fact that my wife and I have been married 25 years with five children and never cheated or been cheated on is a miracle. It's a miracle. Why? Because I'm the third, I mean, three generations in my family, I'm the only one that's done this. And you think it's just because of willpower? No. There's no way. I don't, I don't have the mental fortitude to stand against the wiles of the wicked one. Do you understand? Now, I would be nothing but continuing the cycle of a crazy life that's so dysfunctional from my, well, we didn't even function. That's how bad it was. And you know what? What God has done for me, he can absolutely do for you, regardless of what stage of life you're in. It doesn't matter if you're single, married, on your eighth marriage. It doesn't matter. God can stop a cycle and arrest craziness and bring peace and order into the chaotic life that you live right now. It's a promise. And the fact that you may not even believe it doesn't even, it's still true. God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Why did I fear so much? Why was I driven by fear? It's because the way I was raised and the worldview that developed from my mind. See, my mother and dad, when she got pregnant for me that night, he put a pistol to her head and shoved rosary beads down her throat. That's how I was conceived. Both coming from opposite stories. My mother came from an abusive background. She just continued the cycle of craziness, thinking if she married a messed up man, she could fix him and somehow fix that little girl in her that suffered. My dad's biological dad died in a mental hospital. My own dad had to go to the same mental hospital. I just thought it was part of our legacy, like a timeshare or something. I figured I'm going to go there one day. It's our name on the wall. My mother would marry six times and, and, and horribly drag us kids through craziness and instability. And then when she was pregnant from me, my dad said, that, that ain't mine. 
So I need rejection from the beginning. And y'all, don't kid yourself. Rejection is a wound that will tear you alive until it's dealt with and healed. Because if you've been rejected, you'll always look for affirmation. You'll always look for someone to accept you. And you'll do it in the wrong ways just to get it. Single gals, can I talk to y'all? So oftentimes because of the lack of fathering or love or nurturing, you you feel that rejection and that wound and and therefore you set out to be accepted. And and you will you'll do about anything to get accepted, including compromise what you even know is wrong, what you even feel shamed for. I'm here to tell you gals, purity. You're worth it. And don't sleep with any guy. I don't care how much he says. And, oh, and, oh, you know I love you. <laughs> I, mamacita chula. <laughs> For you Irish people. If he loves you, you're worth this. If you're good enough for sex, you're good enough for this. And you'll never experience real genuine intimacy until it's this. And where you can pray and say, Lord, please bless our time. And you're worth waiting for. And guys, (laughs) some of you uh, just drank a cup of haterade. I can see it in your face. (laughs) Don't be mad at me. It's what the Word of God says. It's one of the big Ten Commandments. Because you know what? If everybody waited the way God designed things, you know how much our world would be different? There wouldn't be the abortions. There wouldn't be the STDs. There wouldn't be the kids who feel rejected. And every troubled youth who's been abused and craziness, he would be at home with a dad who loves him. And a five-year-old boy would have never been sexually assaulted and left in a commercial cooler for dead. And that was me. I don't speak out of some ivory tower. I speak out of pain that God has entered into and helped me and shown me that I'm loved and I'm valued just like you are, every one of you. He came to set the captives free, and so many times the enemy just builds the cage, but we step into it and shut the door because we believe his lies. And Jesus says, come on. I got better for you. You can trust and obey him. The fear messed me up most of my life. Why? I was dunked in a tub till I passed out, only to have my stepfather. I woke up to him breathing in my mouth on that cold bathroom floor, dripping wet, and him saying, Boy, don't you ever forget I'm the one who gives you life. Or the fact that I hold the world record for the fastest gun that's on you can see it on YouTube. There's a million of views. It's, it's what's got me before. Amazing warriors to train and befriend from SEAL Team Operators to Delta Force to CIA to Force Recon. Somebody puts a pistol to my head, pulls a hammer back and their finger on the trigger. With my hands down, I can snatch the weapon, pull the magazine out and point it back at them in eight tenths of a second. I just had a Delta Force guy email me and say, Victor, I had to rewind that thing because I blinked. 
let you know it's greater than doing it is to let you know the reason why. What drove me to that? A stepfather, when I was seven years old, put a pistol to my head. Hammer back, finger on the trigger, and I could see the rounds. He would tap me to the side of my head and say, boy, if you ever tell anybody what I've done, I'll blow your brains out and tell the police you shot yourself accidentally. Those are lies that I call lies based in reality. And those are the hardest ones to dig out. And people say, you know, the hardest question, because... And I said, well, if your parents were messed up, but one of my, my stepfather who did all the craziness, he went to prison. And then he escaped. And he fled the country, and they never caught him. He was on the NBC Nightly News with Tom Brokaw. We were like, hey, there's our daddy. <laughs> no. Or what about my other stepfather, 15 years old, I find out, and I'm insecure as all get out. But, but... I'm going to stand up against him because he's the next guy in the house. And uh, he saw I had crazy eyes. like uh, So he, he opened the back door of the trailer. He said, boy, get in my face again. I'll take you outside. I'll beat you like a man. You won't be a man? I'll beat you. And I was so angry. I knew I couldn't whoop him, but I know I'm going to hit him one time. Maybe we're walking down the steps. And then I'll take my shellacking. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. That the beating is worth getting a hit in. It's a horrible lifestyle. To have that much of your heart sealed off and hard. God never designed us for that. You know what I tell young men and young ladies? There's a difference between being tough and hard. I just told a ranger today. I said, man, when you're deployed, I said, you don't have to hate the enemy to kill him that's a heavy concept but for those who have to take a target out that would kill innocent people that's something they need to hear I speak to I speak to vets all over the country and active military don't let hate make you hard it's not how God designed you Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.